Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Well, you know the results in New Hampshire, and I'm going to analyze them a little later in the program. But being the cleanup hitter, all the others have already gone first, and that's okay. I haven't listened to any of it. been busy doing my own thing. But we'll get to it, because there is a lot to analyze. But before we do, there's another phony controversy, such as it is, a pseudo-event. Did Donald Trump interfere in the sentencing decision involving Roger Stone. Now, as one of the few people on TV or get behind a microphone who worked at the highest levels of the Department of Justice as Chief of Staff to an Attorney General, I can assure you Donald Trump had nothing to do with what Bob Barr wanted to do and decided to do. This is a process that takes days, sometimes weeks. And what I'm hearing is these four Mueller prosecutors effectively lied to Maine Justice. When they filed their papers in federal district court, in open court, Maine Justice, meaning the Attorney General's office and the others there, were stunned by the sentence recommended by these four Mueller prosecutors. And so they stepped in. Normally this kind of stuff does happen, but it happens behind the scenes. But you're dealing with these four Mueller prosecutors. They know how to play the press, and the press wants to be played. And so you're hearing people say, presidents never do this sort of thing. Presidents never do what sort of thing? Trump had nothing to do with it, but his conclusion was identical to mine, was it not, Mr. Producer? What did I say on the radio yesterday? I don't even like Roger Stone, given my own dealings with this guy. But this is an outrage. It's way over the top. And as we learn more, we learn more about why this was done. We have the left, the left, that has devoured one aspect of our society after another, including law enforcement now, federal prosecutions. And they would literally take this man and throw him in prison for seven to nine years. I think he's like 68 or 70, whatever he is. Well, he lied to Congress. Okay, you can punish him. Well, he tried to tamper with witness testimony, but that witness says it didn't work. It was almost a joke. And I don't trust these Mueller prosecutors anyway. Weinstein, or whatever the guy's name. But I want to give you some perspective. That's what I'm here for, because nobody else does this. You're not going to see this on TV. Have you ever heard of the case... Ex parte querent. Ever hear that case, Mr. Producer? 
Many, many years ago, I talked about this case. It's a Supreme Court decision. A pretty outrageous Supreme Court decision, but a Supreme Court decision nonetheless. And I want to start this, again, keep perspective in mind here. You'll know more than anybody else when this program's over. With a piece by George Lardner Jr. from 2002. Big leftist, but nonetheless. A good piece. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But I want you to be made aware of this. Because if you listen to a clown like Joe Scarborough or a clown like Chuck Todd. I thought Barnum and Bailey went out of business, Mr. Producer. But even their clowns were good people. When you listen to the media, you'll have no idea <clears throat> what's taking place or the historical perspective. And he writes here in the compost, the military tribunal had gone on for 18 days. And the judges worked through the weekend to reach their verdict. That's 18 days. They sent it on Monday to the president, who determined the penalty. Six of the eight defendants were condemned to death. The sentence the president had said he wanted even before the trial began. While the other two received long prison sentences, the other two were American citizens. These were Nazi saboteurs. To ensure there was no attempt to appeal, the eight accused and their lawyers were kept in the dark until the following Saturday morning when Provost Marshal General Albert L. Cox went from cell to cell accompanied by a chaplain. By then, their time was almost up. The executions began at one minute past noon. At 1.04 p.m., the last of the six was pronounced dead. They were buried secretly in a potter's field at Blue Plains in southwest Washington three days later. So basically, in a period of less than a month, really a little more than three weeks, tried and executed. Executed at the direction of President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, even before they were tried. Does that give you some perspective? When they say the President of the United States shouldn't tweet, or he shouldn't comment, or he shouldn't do this, or he shouldn't do that. His administration, his staff, his campaign ads, uh, aides, have all come under vicious prosecutorial attack. You don't see it with any other campaign or any other candidate when, in fact, Trump is the victim and has been the victim. Who's going to be prosecuted, let alone serve seven to nine years, for sending spies into the Trump campaign? Who's going to be prosecuted, let alone serve seven to nine years, for knowingly filing false information for warrants with the FISA court. Apparently nobody. And we can go on and on and on. But Roger Stone, apparently, according to these Mueller prosecutors, is public enemy number one. He should serve seven to nine years. In the city of New York, under so-called bail reform, Violent criminals, recidivists, are being let loose. Let loose. Incredible. Criminal, criminal, illegal aliens who manage to get to so-called sanctuary cities or states 
are protected. Criminals protected by the same party that wants to throw Trump's people or former people in prison. And you know damn well if they had their way, they'd throw Trump in prison. So here we have Franklin Roosevelt. And by the way, this case, this ex parte querent, FDR's actions were upheld. Because by then, he'd done a pretty damn good job of packing the court with his ideologues. A majority of his ideologues. So let's not get carried away in the usual Democrat Party media spin and hysteria. There's no reason for hysteria. The president has done nothing wrong. He said he believes the prison sentence recommendation is outrageous, way over the top. He rightly criticizes this judge, in my view. Is he the only person in America who can't comment? Now, I understand the left and the media, one and the same, try to contort this. Try to suggest, if not outright accuse the president of interfering with the sentencing. They have absolutely no facts, not one scintilla of evidence to support that phony reporting. None. And as I say, the information I'm getting is quite the opposite. That the Attorney General and his staff were poised to act immediately. That they felt that they were sandbagged. And I guarantee you with this Mueller crowd, they were sandbagged. And I expect when the Attorney General testifies in front of the House Judiciary Committee, I believe sometime next month was the agreement, this will all come to light. What should happen to those four prosecutors who sought, really, the political imprisonment of Roger Stone? Not a couple years to punish him, but they wanted him to rot in jail. And the same judge involved in this was the judge who put Manafort in solitary confinement. She is a leftist. She is an Obama appointee. And you can be sure that these lawyers who represent Manafort and Stone were really upset when they drew her as the judge in their case because it's extraordinarily extraordinarily difficult to win on appeal against a judge like this, unless she makes a really an overt mistake as a matter of law in interpreting the case. So this is my point to you. Perspective is important. History is important. Not whataboutism. You tell Edmund Burke it's whataboutism? The fact is this president does not interfere with cases. He's not Franklin Roosevelt. He doesn't use the IRS. He's not Franklin Roosevelt. He doesn't use the IRS. He's not John Kennedy and LBJ and the rest that use the IRS and the FBI. And LBJ even used the CIA against his political opponents, Barry Goldwater, to bug his campaign headquarters. So let's stop getting all worked up because the president puts out a tweet and the grotesque, radical, progressive, social activism Democrat Party media don't like it. Screw them. Cares what they like or don't like. 
That's what's remarkable about this president. Modern Republican presidents would sit there and fume and whine to their staffs. This president tells the entire world what he's thinking. That it's an outrage. And we all knew it was an outrage. All of us. All of us knew it was an outrage. So the president's the only one who shouldn't speak because he might influence the attorney general. And yet, as I told you, the attorney general's office and main justice, I'm sure, was working this out well before the president ever tweeted anything. And moreover, they were sandbagged by these four Mueller prosecutors. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You've heard me talk about the four pillars of education at Hillsdale College. Now, these four pillars or purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, have defined Hillsdale's mission since 1844. I'd like to focus on the first pillar, learning. Hillsdale understands, as America's founders did, that a proper education is essential to preserving free government. Among other things, young people must be taught about America's great heritage of liberty. They must be taught about how government works and the importance of the Constitution. And they must develop the skills to become useful citizens and the virtues required for self-government. Because so many high schools, colleges, and universities fall short in these areas today, Hillsdale has expanded its mission nationwide. For example, through its free online courses, its free monthly speech digest and primus, and the classical K-12 through charter schools it's helping to found coast-to-coast. Discover how you and your children can learn from Hillsdale College, too. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. How about we start a little analysis of New Hampshire? Bernie Sanders did extremely poorly. Extremely poorly. I mean, I don't compare him to Biden, who fell off the table, and Warren, who really fell off the table. But all this talk about the burn, I saw in the Drudge Report, he didn't burn. Unless he burned his own fingers. He did extremely poorly. As they point out a Politico, even counting for the fact that in 2016 he was in a two-person race, The comparison with his smashing victory over Hillary Clinton, 22 points and 60% of the vote, and less than 2% point squeaker over Buttigieg, who's really an unknown, is notable. Sanders dominated the state in 2016, winning every single county. But holes were ripped through that map by Buttigieg and Klobuchar. Even more important, Sanders overpromised and underdelivered. He has premised his campaign on nothing less than sparking a political revolution in which disaffected and first-time voters, especially young ones, pour into American politics to carry him to the White House. It didn't happen in Iowa, and it didn't happen in New Hampshire. And it's about time some Trump supporters and media stop comparing the Trump revolution to some Bernie Sanders revolution. We haven't seen any Bernie Sanders revolution yet. He lost the Democrat primary to Hillary Clinton. And he's struggling. He's struggling, particularly struggled in New Hampshire, which he should have won hands down. The percentage of young voters, as they point out in Politico, actually declined from 2016 to 2020 in New Hampshire. 
from 19% to 14%. Independents were a larger share of the electorate, but they didn't break nearly as decisively for Sanders as they did in 2016. He received support from just 29% of self-described independents this time, as opposed to 73% in 2016. 29% this time, 73% in 2016. You can play with those numbers all you want. They don't lie. They don't lie. So his performance with his less than 2% victory over Budapest was really quite poor. Quite poor. Then you look at Donald Trump. Donald Trump, and I'm getting this now from uh, Fox News, of course. Donald Trump secured more than 120,000 votes in the New Hampshire primary. And he's not even really being competed against. In 2012, as they point out, Obama managed just 49,000. George W. Bush, you've heard this, I'm sure, today, but I want to underscore it. About 54,000. Bill Clinton, about 77,000. I don't have Reagan here, but he did better than Reagan, too. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me give you my take on all this. I think more independents and Democrats moved over. To vote for Trump in the Republican primary than last time when the Democrats were running. In other words, Trump right now is a juggernaut. Please, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I do not believe you should take anything for granted. You should always fight like you're way behind. Politics, military, whatever it is. And there's a lot of states to go, and there's a lot of voting to go, and there's a lot, of, lot to go. But the Democrats right now are in disarray, and they have very, very weak candidates. Buttigieg is a radical leftist. If he gets the nomination, he will be exposed. Klobuchar is a nasty person who has brutalized her staff over and over again, and is also a leftist, which will be exposed if she gets the nomination, which I doubt. And Bernie Sanders is a dyed-in-the-wall Marxist. And I will expose some of that right after the break. You've heard me talk about the four pillars of education at Hillsdale College. Now, these four pillars or purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, have defined Hillsdale's mission since 1844. I'd like to focus on the first pillar, learning. Hillsdale understands, as America's founders did, that a proper education is essential to preserving free government. Among other things, young people must be taught about America's great heritage of liberty. They must be taught about how government works and the importance of the Constitution. And they must develop the skills to become useful citizens and the virtues required for self-government. Because so many high schools, colleges, and universities fall short in these areas today, Hillsdale has expanded its mission nationwide. For example... Through its free online courses, its free monthly speech digest and primus, and the classical K through 12 charter schools it's helping to found coast to coast. Discover how you and your children can learn from Hillsdale College too. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. 
or hate him or really, really hate him. The Great One is on the air at 877-381-3811. Now, all these juggernauts, supposed to be juggernauts, really aren't doing very much. And, uh, but Biden, if Biden has a decent showing in South Carolina, first or second, but especially first, he's back in it. Again, I'm not making predictions. I'm just doing some analysis here. He's right not to jump out after these first two states. And he's right. He was never going to do well in these first two states. And he didn't. But he does need to do well in South Carolina. And we'll see if he does. I mean, I've seen them count out candidates as dead before. In 1976, I told you about Reagan. It really didn't get till North Carolina, well into uh, the primary season. I remember Reagan saying, we're only in the third inning. Something to that effect. And it turned around and he almost toppled a sitting president in the Republican primary, Gerald Ford. And had he toppled that sitting president, I think he would have been elected president of the United States rather than Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter really barely won over Ford. But let's take a look at Bernie Sanders. And I want to remind you of something. I really, really hope you'll tell your friends and neighbors and colleagues and family members, if you can't watch it live, DVR it. Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday at 8 p.m. I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to do an expose of Franklin Roosevelt. That's their great iconic hero. This radical progressive who completely changed our governing system. And every Democrat, pretty much, has built their policy agenda and their campaigns on what Roosevelt did. And what Bernie Sanders seeks to do is double and triple and quadruple it. So it's important to understand this. And so I'm going to have a special edition of Life, Liberty, and Levin, 8 p.m. this Sunday, Eastern Time. Or I'll just bring on guests and yell left and right. No, I don't think I will. So I hope you'll check it out. As long as you keep watching this show, I'll keep doing it. When you stop watching it, I'll stop doing it. Honestly, because I have tons of things to do. Have you noticed I haven't been on TV lately, Mr. Producer? Strictly by choice. Strictly by choice. When the times are appropriate, I will appear. When we're battling in a way that I feel is, is crucial to the Republic, I will appear. But I'm not going to appear just to appear. I'm just telling you how my mind works. Now let's take a look. In addition to his past, ladies and gentlemen... His radical Marxist past. We embrace Castro. And yes, Chavez. And yes, the Soviet Union. And I could go on and on and on. Let's see what he has in store for us. Thanks to our friends at the Federalist, who put it together in a nice package. Emily Jashinsky and Madeline Osborne. Notice I give credit to people who do hard work. I just don't steal their stuff. It's a good practice and habit to get into, I would tell my fellow broadcasters. Number one, $34 trillion in socialized health insurance overhaul. Sanders would ban private insurance and implement single-payer government health care, which he calls Medicare for All. Now, under his single-payer government health care plan, quote, federal spending on health care would still increase by 10% of GDP or more than triple 
what the government spends on the military. That's according to the New York Slimes. It's an amazing. Amy Kopitra gets like 18, 19% of the vote, and she's running around like she won some big victory. Anyway, I'll keep going. Number two, mass bailout of student loan debt. He would bail out student loan debt for 45 million Americans, totaling about $1.6 trillion, according to his own campaign. That means all of you folks who've either paid off your loans, have no loans, or never went to college, you're paying for this. I can't think of anything that's more unjust and utterly irresponsible. Why not have the government pay off our, our mortgages, or our car loans, or our credit cards? Number three, making higher education tuition-free. As with many of his policy proposals, Sanders' oversimplified justification for providing free college is that countries in Europe offer it for free. Why can't the United States? Unlike Europe, however, tuition is precisely what made the U.S. the top country in which to study and the reason students from all over the world flock to the United States for education. Additionally, the costs of state-run universities in Europe have not ballooned to pay for the ever-expanded services American universities now must offer to remain competitive. Luxurious gyms with lazy rivers, behemoth athletic departments, gourmet dining halls, etc. In 2016, Sanders' opponent, Hillary Clinton, knocked his free tuition plan because it relied on state governors, including Republican governors, who often cut spending to put in more state money. Number four, implementing national rent control. Had you heard this one, guys? National rent control. Sanders' campaign has pledged to spend $2.5 trillion to build 10 million government housing units. Didn't we try something like this? Public housing. Haven't we had to knock down a lot of these places? Aren't they crime-infested? This is the problem, folks, when you reject capitalism. Rather than creating opportunities, rather than building wealth, rather than building communities, this is what you're left with. Soviet-style housing units. And that's what he supports. He wants the federal government to further invade every state's housing laws and local economy by enforcing a national rent control standard. He proposes using the federal government to wage war against gentrification and zoning laws. I mean, who even makes these determinations on what this means, gentrification? So you would nationalize our zoning laws, and you would have government, federal government-run rent control. Can you imagine? I'm talking to you women in the suburbs now because I know you get a little shaky about stuff. Number five, instituting a moratorium on deportations. Imagine this world that Bernie Sanders would create for us. Sanders' immigration plan includes ending deportations of illegal immigrants and offering citizenship to the 11 million illegal immigrants already living in the United States. And I should mention giving them free health care. Number six, effectively abolishing ICE and CBP. Sanders wants to eliminate the federal agencies, immigration and customs enforcement, as well as customs and border protection that protect our country's sovereign borders 
and protect U.S. citizens for illegal immigrants who commit acts of violence and organized crime and drug cartels all over the United States. That's taking drug legalization one step too far, don't you think, folks? Now think about each and every one of these. Just one of them will be a debacle to this society and our economic system. Just one of them. Take them together. Number second, acting a Green New Deal. He's a supporter of Each's Green New Deal. And we all know when Each speaks, everyone listens. She's worldly and heavily experienced. Which calls for the banning of fossil fuel energy production. That is the banning of oil and gas, which is the lifeblood of American industry. And I might say, you might want to look around your homes. Do you use electricity? Use oil? Use natural gas? Banned. Effectively. Now, the initial version of the Green New Deal also called for banning automobiles, meat, air travel, while also promising to provide all Americans education, healthy food, housing, and government-guaranteed jobs. Now, I have a question. How seriously are we to take these imbecilic, insane proposals? Sanders admits that this climate plan would cost $16.3 trillion. I suggest to you the amount is far more and incalculable when it comes to energy. Here we are finally energy independent. Something this nation has sought for half a century. So we couldn't be blackmailed by OPEC and all the rest. The genius, American ingenuity, inventiveness, incentives, entrepreneurship, capital, and capitalism. We now have fracking, which nobody thought was possible. That's the genius of America. And let me just say this as a side point. It's very, very important. We've talked about this before, but there's so much going on. One of the grave dangers of any of these centralized ideologies and abstractions, Marxism, so-called socialism, fascism, call it whatever you want, is that it drains the brain. If you have great ideas to make money, you're not free to pursue them. If somebody out there has a way to fix certain things that were unfixable, to treat certain illnesses that were untreatable, you're not allowed to pursue them. You can only pursue them through government, with government permission, and with a much-reduced capital R&D investment. What's the point? The point is you have a, uh, an intellectually uh, regressive society where things that you think are just developed and you just turn around, and wow, look at this new gadget and so forth, and look at this new drug, they won't happen anymore. They can't happen anymore. Because the government's main job is redistribution. The government's main job is monitoring. Because it needs resources. And then the government's main job, when the people are not happy, is clamping down. Approaching abortion as population control. Number eight. Bernie Sanders answered yes and spoke about abortion when asked at a CNN town hall event Wednesday night if population control would play a part in his administration's policy for dealing with climate change. Yes, 
he says. Don't tell me he's not a Marxist. Now we're going to continue through the list. There's some 17. We've gone through about half of them. But it's crucially important that you remember this. Because the media will not explain this to you. Nor will they explain to you that Sanders had really a very crappy night last night in New Hampshire. He squeaked by Buttigieg. But his numbers compared to 2016 are a disaster. And Trump's numbers compared to anyone and anything were fabulous. Again, again, I caution you. You must be resolute and fight for victory. But I'm just analyzing what took place. I'll be right back. You've heard me talk about the four pillars of education at Hillsdale College. Now, these four pillars or purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, have defined Hillsdale's mission since 1844. I'd like to focus on the first pillar, learning. Hillsdale understands, as America's founders did, that a proper education is essential to preserving free government. Among other things, young people must be taught about America's great heritage of liberty. They must be taught about how government works and the importance of the Constitution. And they must develop the skills to become useful citizens and the virtues required for self-government. Because so many high schools, colleges, and universities fall short in these areas today, Hillsdale has expanded its mission nationwide. For example, through its free online courses, its free monthly speech digest and primus, and the classical K-12 through charter schools it's helping to found coast-to-coast. Discover how you and your children can learn from Hillsdale College, too. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. By the way, that event in the Philadelphia area, WPHT, I'll tell you more about it later in the show. It's already 60 or 70% sold out. And the reason's simple. You are the most loyal people out there, you Levinites, and I don't do a lot of these events. I just don't. I try to do them now and then. But we're already 60 to 70% sold out. I'll tell you more about it later in the show. By the way, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are saying that Trump interfered with the sentencing of the Roger Stone case. Two points. Number one, where's your evidence? Why don't journalists, so-called, ever say, where's your evidence? There's no evidence of that whatsoever. The president denies it. The Department of Justice denies it. And just because Nancy Pelosi, fascistic as she is, demands it, or Chuck Schumer fascistic as he is, insists on it, doesn't make it so. So where's your evidence? They've none. The same people who love their Franklin Roosevelt could do no wrong, rounding up Japanese Americans, not allowing Jews from Europe to come into the United States at the height of the Holocaust. Their great FDR uses the IRS against newspapers, publishers, political opponents, orders the execution of six saboteurs before trial. Oh, yeah, that FDR, he was great. He wasn't a dictator. You're going to learn a lot if you watch Sunday, and I'm quite serious about it. Now, why do I keep pushing it? I keep pushing it because it's the information that I want to get out there. 
I want you to know what Bernie Sanders is really capable of. What else? Number nine, admiration for dictators, communists, and breadlines. Sanders has long admired and praised tyrannical dictators such as Cuba's Fidel Castro and the USSR's Mikhail Gorbachev. In 1985, Sanders visited Managua, Nicaragua, to celebrate the anniversary of Nicaragua's authoritarian Marxist regime and often claimed that the real truth is not being told about the Nicaraguan dictators in the U.S. press. How this son of a bitch gets away with this, I'll never know. That's right, I said it! Last year, footage of Sanders from the 1980s surfaced, in which he praised socialist countries, such as the Soviet Union, and claimed breadlines in communist countries are actually a good thing. He said it's funny sometimes American journalists talk about how bad a country is because people are lining up for food. That's a good thing, he said. In other countries, people don't line up for food, Rich people get the food, and poor people starve to death. Tell me, is that what happens in America? Is that what happens in America? This is sick. Number 10, banning hydraulic fracking, which would cripple the economy. Sanders introduced a bill last month that would ban the process of hydraulic fracking. And according to Fox Business, the Global Energy Institute, an arm of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, published a report in 2016 claiming the U.S. would lose 14.8 million jobs by 2022 if a fracking ban were instituted. You see, <clears throat> Bernie Sanders comes across as, a, as an interesting old man who cares about people. He will turn this country into Venezuela, worse than Venezuela, faster than you can imagine. And why would any rational father or mother... Why would any rational American even want to risk it, even want to take a chance to exchange what is the, the most magnificent society and economic system and country ever established by mere mortals with the abstract, theoretical, ideological, Marxist ideology of a Bernie Sanders? It just shocks me that people even... Even 25% think that this is a possibility or a good thing. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Before I finish what is already a list of horrors, Related to Bernie Sanders' position, we have a Bernie Sanders supporter. Joe in Manhattan, the great WABC. How are you, sir? Yes, hi. I have a problem with capitalism. The mm. problem I have with capitalism is I went to a watch store in Hudson Yards, a new construction in Manhattan. Somebody purchased a watch for a million dollars. That's outrageous. That money should be better spent in schools, education, infrastructure. Okay, okay. Slow, slow down. What do you do? Bentley. What? What, what do you do? I'm curious. Well, it took me 20 years to save up a million dollars. I said, what do you do? Me, actually, I do meal work. Media work? Meal so, work. Meal. What does that mean, meal work? You're a cook? Meal job, a low job. 
Oh, a menial work. <clears throat> okay. And why do you care if somebody spends a million dollars? Because it took me 20 years to save up a million dollars. I, I don't care what it took you. That's jealousy. Why do you care if somebody spends a million dollars on a watch? That's just a waste of research. No, it's not a waste of anything. They're not taking anything from anybody. Maybe they did take it from somebody. Well, they didn't take Maybe they created jobs. Maybe they created your job. Maybe maybe they stole the idea from some no, guy. No, no, I, I don't think so. They'd probably go to prison. So somebody has a million dollars to buy a watch, and you don't think they should do it, and you don't even know what they did to make that million dollars. doesn't matter to I, you. I, 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 I worked, Pay attention. I, I'm educating you, you moron. And I'm not even charging you for it. It's free. Somebody pays a million dollars for a watch. Let's say they spend $10 million for a watch. They made $10 million. You assume they're corrupt. You assume they're crooked. You assume wrongly. Maybe they made $10 million because they invented something that you use every day, like toilet paper. Maybe they made $10 million because they invented something that people want or a service that people want. Or they improved uh, treatments for cancer. Or God knows what. It's none of your damn business. They're not taking anything from you. They're not taking anything from society. And you don't get to decide who pays what for what. What do they pay for a watch? Somebody made that watch. Maybe they have 300 people making that watch. And so he spends a million dollars on a watch, and it employs 300 people. The world doesn't exist in your bubble. The world doesn't exist in my bubble. Get it? Understand? Probably not. You just want free stuff, don't you? Bernie Sanders is the answer. Get off the phone, you idiot. If you're going to be one of these... uh, Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders robots, you're calling the wrong show. This is what we're dealing with. I would say the Bernie Sanders supporters have a lower IQ than most. How do you like that? I know the code pink Republicans, we need the Sanders supporters. We don't need them at all. I don't even want them. If this is their mentality, we need to defeat them, not embrace them. Well, but the establishment Democrats, good. I don't like them either. But if the choice is Marxism, that I reject. If you don't confront this kind of idiocy, rather than massage it, call it populism, try to attract it, you're going to get more of it. Morons. Morons. I don't think he should be able to pay a million dollars for a watch. We can use that for schools. But that belongs to somebody. So the whole concept, the whole concept of private property, the whole concept of working and succeeding. You see, this is the problem with Marxism, a.k.a. democratic socialism. The problem is you attack success. And the more successful somebody is, the more you're supposed to hate them. Now, why is that? It's for the reason I explained in Ameritopia. Because successful people And you don't have to be wealthy to be successful. You can do very, very well and not be wealthy and be successful. And the average person in this country lives better than kings and queens lived 200, 300 years ago. With access to more than they ever dreamed of. But it's the job of the Marxist, the ideology of the Marxist, to turn everything inside out. To turn everything inside out. And so, 
Marxism, democratic socialism is utterly and completely immoral. Suddenly, what isn't that man's belongs to him. All they have to do is elect the right person and pass a law. Shouldn't pay a million dollars for a what? Well, what's fair? Well, Bernie's decide $15. Oh, okay, well, Bernie must know. And the consequences? He has no idea what the consequences are. Most people don't spend a million dollars for a watch. Why do, we ca- Why do I care if the guy next to me is worth a billion dollars? It doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect my life. It doesn't affect my family's well-being. But it's just, they're corrupt. Oh, they're corrupt. American companies are corrupt. Wealthy people are corrupt. And you know who suffers as a result? Look at Venezuela. Who's suffering? Everybody, except the regime. Starving. Rampant crime. It's the law of the jungle. That's what happens. If we follow morons like this caller off the edge of the cliff. And it's time to start confronting them and stop babying them and massaging them. No, we're nothing like Bernie Sanders. No, we're nothing like his supporters. No, he's not leading a revolution with 25% of the vote. Where he's actually losing ground to young people and to others from 2016. These narratives are repulsive. They're without basis in fact. Well... I would have engaged him longer, but he, when you start with the repetition routine, I can't stand it. But Bernie, but Bernie, but Bernie. He's going to vote for Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. Nothing I can do about it. Well, let's go on with Bernie. Number 11 on the list of 19, Federalist. Issuing dozens of sweeping executive orders to implement major policies. A campaign list of potential Sanders executive offer, uh, orders obtained by the Washington Compost includes unilaterally allowing the United States to import prescription drugs from Canada, directing the Justice Department to legalize marijuana, declaring climate change a national emergency while banning exportation of crude oil. So you'll kill the oil industry. How the hell do you think you get oil and natural gas and electricity? Bernie Sanders and the Democrats don't provide it. They can't even run a damn caucus in Iowa. Other options cited in the document include canceling federal contracts for firms paying workers less than $15 an hour and reversing federal rules blocking U.S. funding to organizations that provide abortion counseling. You know what they mean, post-life abortion. And the report further said Sanders is considering lifting the cap on the number of refugees accepted in the United States, immediately halting border wall construction in addition to reinstating deferred action for childhood arrivals or DACA. Now, if you're a hard-working American citizen, I don't know how you can support this guy just on this proposal alone. <clears throat> Illegal aliens are going to flood into this country. He's going to effectively eliminate the border, and he's going to confer upon them health care. So the world is going to come to the United States. Now, how many blue-collar jobs do you think are going to remain in our manufacturing Industries. How many blue-collar jobs do you think are going to remain? They're going to be wiped out. They're going to be swamped. And think of the the crime. Because they're not going to vet people. It's an open border. From a guy who lives in Vermont. 
Number 12, hiking taxes even on the middle class. He was forced in June to admit the middle class would pay more in taxes to fund his health care overhaul. It's single payer. Brian Rydell in City Journal points out how Sanders' elaborate plans will require even more money than his tax plan would generate. His agenda is virtually impossible to pay for, adding $97.5 trillion. Ladies and gentlemen, our economy creates less than $20 trillion a year. In new spending to an underlying $15.5 trillion projected budget deficit under current policies creates a 10-year budget gap of $113 trillion. And his tax proposals raised $23 trillion. You could, take every, you could suck every nickel out of the economy. And it'd be $20 trillion. He would force taxpayers to fund for political campaigns. He would allow convicted felons, even murderers, to vote. He would eliminate the Electoral College. He would legalize marijuana in the first 100 days with executive action. He would eliminate nuclear power. He would nationalize the Internet. And he would eliminate billionaires. He's a Marxist by every definition. And ultimately, a Marxist is a fascist with a doctrine. A Marxist is a fascist with a doctrine. And yet, as the Levin saying goes, the diabolical genius of Marxism-Socialism is that it provides the emotional and intellectual roadmap for autocrats to persuade millions of people to support their own enslavement to government. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. So the false narrative, the pseudo-event is out there. The claim is the president interfered with justice, and we've never seen anything like this before. Franklin Roosevelt and other presidents actually did interfere with justice. Trump has not. I'm watching these news stories on cable. They're not even telling the truth. They have no evidence whatsoever. They keep pointing to his tweets. Tweets are not evidence that he was the reason the Attorney General intervened. The reason the Attorney General intervened is because he and Maine Justice was sandbagged by these four Mueller holdovers. And then I keep saying, uh, hearing it's unprecedented. 
for the Attorney General to interfere. Again, as somebody who worked as Chief of Staff to an Attorney General, I don't think people understand. Each United States Attorney works for Maine Justice. Effectively under the Attorney General of the United States. They're not their own Attorneys General. They're not like a state Attorney General. We've been of an office of U.S. Attorneys in Maine Justice in Washington, D.C. That helps coordinate their activities. Their budgets come from Maine Justice. Determinations on how many prosecutors they have comes from Maine Justice. It all comes from Maine Justice. And so when you have a controversial case, it is the obligation of a U.S. Attorney's Office to consult with Maine Justice. The Assistant Attorney General for the Criminal Division, the Deputy Attorney General of the United States who oversees directly the Criminal Division, and ultimately the Attorney General of the United States. He's not a figurehead, bar. And so again, intentional lies or ignorance on the part of some, when they say, oh, look at this. Barr is interfering with a decision by four prosecutors. Barr's not interfering with anything. He's the boss. Now, substantively, this is outrageous. What these guys did is, the sentencing guidelines work like this. There's things called enhancers. So you have a floor. So the floor might be if you lie to Congress or you try to tamper with a witness, which he really didn't, according to the witness himself. Let's say it's two years. And then there are enhancers, like if you threaten the witness and so forth, so you can add years, add years. So they threw the book at at Stone. They said, okay, with enhancers, it's seven to nine years. Ultimately, the judge will make a determination. But I don't trust this judge. She's highly political. I'm convinced she watches cable TV, probably MSNBC and CNN. She's highly left-wing, and she is a, a late Obama appointee. And she's almost gleeful in having these cases. Almost gleeful. And what a serious judge does, who's concerned even about the appearance of a conflict, and you know I'm right, judge. Even the appearance of a conflict is considered unethical. What she should have done is recused herself and passed it on to another district judge. But she didn't. And she's been hammering and hammering and hammering away. Then they say to the president, are you going to pardon Roger Stone? And he says, you know, I'm not going to get into that right now, nor should he. But if he does, he does. And same with Manafort. Because you look at past pardons, once again. You look at the people Clinton pardoned. F-A-L-N terrorists. A billionaire on the lam who owed tens of millions in taxes because his wife, or ex-wife, was a big Clinton contributor. And Eric Holder's deputy attorney general oversaw all these pardons. And they were so offended, the Democrats and the media, that as soon as Obama became president, he became the Attorney General. Or how about Obama himself? The head FALN terrorist refused, refused to reject his past terrorist activities and violence and refused to do it. 
which is why even Clinton wouldn't pardon him. But then Obama did. So we don't need lectures from the Democrats and the media and the left about presidential pardons either. We don't. And the president is rightly furious. Furious that the first three years of his first term in office, that so much of it was wasted and so many resources and hours spent by him and others in dealing with these outrageous attacks on him personally and the presidency and people in his administration and in his orbit. And the Constitution does, in fact, provide a remedy for this. So I wouldn't be surprised, should he win a second term, if he doesn't give these people a pardon. I mean, Manafort in solitary confinement? This judge puts Manafort in solitary confinement? I mean, this is Soviet-style stuff, and you could see it play out in Congress with Pelosi and Schiff and Nadler. You could see it play out in the Senate with their outrageously repugnant arguments. Their use of the Constitution to attack the Constitution. This is who these people are. This is one of the reasons I'm going through this Bernie Sanders stuff. This guy's not to be some kind of sympathetic figure and we defend him against the Democrat establishment or or the poor guy's been screwed over. And over. The guy's a Marxist, ladies and gentlemen. He's not even a member of the Democrat Party. He has nothing in common with us and we have nothing in common with him. He's not leading a revolution. He's leading an anti-American effort with a small, relatively small group of people. And that's how they always get started, these people on the left. I'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Well, it's a pleasure to have on these airwaves an individual who's almost never on these airwaves, Senator Marsha Blackburn. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am great, and I've been coming to your little town in Nashville quite often now since our kids and grandkids now move from California to Nashville, Tennessee. I think that happens a lot, doesn't it? It happens a lot, and I have to say they are smart people if they're moving (laughs) to Nashville. So we will welcome them and look forward to welcoming you. You've got a lot of fans in Nashville. Thank you. And they're good voters, by the way. Um, Yes, they are. Senator, the state of Virginia, they have a minimal majority in the Senate, majority of one. They have a majority of two or three in the state house. They are passing one 
left-wing piece of legislation after another. I don't mean moderate. I mean they're out there. And yesterday, both chambers passed driver's licenses to, to, to provide driver's licenses to illegal aliens. They've got to work out their differences. So now in the Commonwealth of Virginia, that's going to be the case. Now this concerns you, and you're trying to do something about it nationwide, correct? Yes, it does. And Mark, you and I know your listeners have been aware that we passed the real ID. This took place after 9-11 because you had the hijackers who overstayed their visas and they were given state-issued driver's licenses. And they used that to board those planes and to kill Americans. And now we have states that are trying to undo the real ID compliance. And what do you have them doing? 13 states that are saying we will give illegal aliens driver's license. So my legislation, which is the stop green lighting driver's license for illegal immigrants, that legislation that I filed today, I've got several members of the Senate already on it, and we have a House companion bill that Ken Buck is going to carry over in the House for us. But this says if you're a state that is a sanctuary state and you do not comply with U.S. immigration law, then you cannot get JAG grants from the Department of Justice for law enforcement. And what we're trying to do is send that message that if you're going to be outside of U.S. law, you are not going to get taxpayer funds. Other than crude politics... I can't even think of one substantive, legitimate reason for opposing this sort of thing. I mean, why are they handing out driver's licenses to illegal aliens? They don't even know who these people are. They don't, and they do not know if someone is using an assumed identity. My goodness, talk to anybody at, uh, at Border Protection and Border Patrol, and they will tell you they have a very difficult time identifying who people are. And this is why there are so many traffickers that they have apprehended, whether they're drug traffickers or human traffickers or people that do not have appropriate identification. This is one of the reasons that we have worked so hard to end the visa lottery program through immigration. It is why we have been tightening up and enforcing these immigration laws, and President Trump has done a great job of lowering those caps and tightening up these laws. And then you have these states that are coming around and issuing these driver's licenses, and this is why the Department of Homeland Security has told the state of New York that they are not going to let individuals that hold a New York driver's license go through the Trusted Traveler programs, the global in, uh entry and pre-check, TSA pre-check, and they're going to bar them from going through those programs because this is a national security issue. So one of the things that we in Congress can do is to say, okay, if you're going to do this, you're not going to get those uh, Commerce Justice State grants, the JAG grants. You're not going to be able to get those law enforcement grants in your state. And if you got it, the day this thing gets signed into law, you have to send the money back. Mm-hmm. But I do like the idea where TSA says no pre-check because we can't trust your driver's licenses. That's and right. I think that's crucially important. And the people that vote for these uh, knuckleheads 
need to understand that there is a consequence for voting for knuckleheads because the rest of us want to be safe. That's exactly right. We do want to be safe. And we want the flying public to be safe. And we want people who have a government-issued ID to know that they, ha- that they are on a plane or that they are traveling with someone, they're in a crowd with someone who is who they claim to be, that they are indeed uh, themselves, that they're not there on uh, claiming to be someone else. And, Mark, you know, the thing about this is everyone was just so horrified after 9-11 happened. They said, you've got to do something about this. You've got to tighten up this program. And, indeed, in Tennessee... They had issued in 2001 driver's licenses to to illegal aliens, and then the General Assembly voted to change that program, and then finally they completely eliminated that program in 2006. Mm -hmm. And to me, it is just devastating. When you talk about individuals that lost family members on 9-11, when you talk about angel moms and angel families who have lost people that are close to them. And they have died to reward individuals who are in this country illegally by giving them a government-issued ID. It is not the right thing to do. It is absolutely crazy. And uh, decades ago, I don't think anybody would have dreamed that this sort of thing would be taking place. And you're right, especially after 9-11, it is simply unacceptable. But this is about safety beyond states. People driving with driver's license, they don't stay within their state. They go into other states. And uh, I I don't understand this this ideology that's pushing this agenda other than they think they're going to get votes from people. Other than that, I don't get it. Right. And see, there in California, if you want to get one of these, you can just sign an affidavit that you can't get a Social Security number. And you can get a driver's license. Mm-hmm. And so they're making it easier for individuals who are here illegally. And, of course, with the real ID, you've got to take uh, something that proves where you live, you know, a, a utility bill or something. You've got to take a Social Security card. Uh, you've got to have those forms of ID to prove that you are who you are. And now we have these 13 states who are going to circumvent that. Soon 14. Yeah, soon to be 14, exactly, that are going to circumvent that process. And I would tell the audience also, even from an economic standpoint, uh, standpoint, you pay extra on your premium for the uninsured motorist coverage. You pay extra for that. And so when these states are handing out driver's licenses like lollipops, they can't make certain that, for instance, an illegal alien has insurance. And they're not going to tell them if they have insurance. And that's why you have now uninsured motorists. You always had it. But now it's, it's much more expensive and there's much more of it, Senator. That's, that's exactly right. You know, this is a risk to our nation. It is a risk to our communities. And I have individuals in Tennessee that I have come to know who lost family members or they have been injured and have had property damage or have had theft. And it was by people that were in the country illegally. 
So we are pushing our bill. We were glad to get it rolled out today. We think that uh, with the work that, DO, that DHS and DOJ are doing on this issue, that it is timely. And we think it's a national security issue, and we're going to work with our colleagues in the House and try to push this across the finish line. All right, my friend. Good luck. I know you're going to run into Thank a buzzsaw you. with the left, but I, I, I'd fight him anyway. Take care. Absolutely. The country's worth fighting for. You're Thanks right. Thanks so much, Mark. See All right. God bless. Senator Marsha Blackburn. Has she been on the show before, Rich? I don't think so. I don't, I don't believe so. Maybe once. When she was running, I don't remember. It's Booksco time, ladies and gentlemen. Booksco. Just because she says she doesn't want anything for Valentine's Day doesn't mean she doesn't deserve anything. Not to worry. Booksco has you covered. Now, what's Booksco? First of all, let's get the spelling right. B O U Q S, like bouquets. B O U Q S, bouquets. They are for farm fresh, sustainably sourced flowers for next or same day delivery. Order today. Today is the 12th. You're running out of time. Friday is the big day. Order right now. Get 25% off your entire purchase, but you have to do it a certain way. Here's what you do. Go to books.com slash Levin. That's, I'll spell it out. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com slash L-E-V-I-N. For 25% off with the code LEVIN. So that's B-O-U-Q-S dot com slash L-E-V-I-N. And then you enter code L-E-V-I-N. Remember, Valentine's Day isn't just for lovers. Show your best friend some love. Or let mom know that you love her. Or your daughter. Fellas, you think it's cold outside now? Wait until you forget Valentine's Day. The Books Co. is here to make your life easier. And they offer more than just roses. You'll find sweet treats, beautifully styled bouquets, plants, gifts, succulents. You'll find them all on their site. But you got to go there. This Valentine's Day, spread the book love with your first love, your forever love, and your loved ones. It's simple. Ready? But don't wait anymore. Jot this down and go for it. B-O-U-Q-S dot com. B-O-U-Q-S dot com slash L-E-V-I-N. And then when you get there... Enter code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. You'll get 25% off. I wouldn't wait another minute. I'll be right back. Mark LEVIN. You know, I've been reading... uh, Some of the absolutely beautiful, beautiful statements about Rush Limbaugh. And I have to tell you, he is on my mind all the time now. I don't bother him. I know he's working through his uh, horrible situation. It just, uh, it's just the case. Um, I mean, I can't remember when I wasn't listening to him. I remember when I first spoke to him years ago. I would say some people go back 31 years. I probably go back 23 or 4. We had a very close working relationship for a very long time. So uh, it is an absolute pleasure. I couldn't today 
but yesterday when I was driving to my TV studio to hear him on the radio. And God willing, that won't end. And that's what I believe. I also, as a side point, would mention that I know when people say he didn't holler, he doesn't holler, you know, he's very respectful to callers and so forth. I understand this is an attack on me. I got it. I'm not worried about it. I've gotten some emails from you folks. It doesn't bother me in the least. I am who I am. This is who I am. This is who I am. This is who I am normally. If somebody gets in my face and they're outrageous, I act one way. If somebody wants to be conversational, I act another way. So it's okay. You don't have to send me emails. I don't care. It's not a big deal. Just want to make sure he gets the accolades he deserves because he deserves every one of them. Every one of them. So I just want you to know that I'm sure with my audience, there's much overlap with his audience, um, that like most of you, this is something that still weighs heavy on me. And uh, anyway, there are tons of VPN providers out there. You've probably heard of a couple of them. And some of you may have even used a VPN before. But I like to do research on my sponsors, and I only recommend brands to my listeners that I truly believe in. And I can say with full confidence that ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. Here's why. ExpressVPN doesn't log your data. Lots of really cheap or free VPNs make money by selling your data to ad companies. ExpressVPN does not. Second is speed, which is crucial. I've tried lots of VPNs in the past. Many slow your connection down or make your device sluggish. I've been using ExpressVPN for some time, and my internet speeds are blazing fast. Even when I connect to servers thousands of miles away, I can still stream HD quality videos with zero lag. And unlike other VPNs, you don't have to input or program anything. You just fire up the app, Click one button to connect, and you're ready to roll. It's so easy. Anybody can do it, including me. So protect yourself with the VPN that I use, that we use, and trust. Use my link, expressvpn.com slash mark. Use it right now. Get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash mark, expressvpn.com. Dot com slash mark to learn more. You really do need this. It's very, very important. All right. Let's take a call. Let's go to Pat all the way in Ireland. Pat, how are you, my friend? Hi. How are you, Mark? Very well. You too. Mark, I talked to you a couple of years ago when I was telling you about how serious the healthcare system was in Northern Ireland and England. And about my brother waiting for eight months for an MRI. Well, since then he has passed, unfortunately. Oh, my but, Lord. Sorry. Yeah. And if the people in, this, in, in, in America, I'm, I live in America, but I'm in Ireland at the moment. And I listen right. to your show all the time. Thank but you. if the people in America understood what socialized medicine does to people, there's even a, moment, uh, a momentum in Ireland now 
to get medicine privatized. They've started it. That's how bad. My niece, four years it's taken them to get her tonsils out. It's like, oh, it's even worse Lord. in Canada. Now, Bernie Sanders is a very dangerous person. You know why? I have family, let's say, in college, and they're all indoctrinated. And we were saying how Bernie Sanders was a Marxist, a socialist, whatever. And my daughter's like, no, he isn't. He's a great man. They're indoctrinating the American children in public school and high school and, and middle school. And if people only realized how their children are being indoctrinated, they would be horrified. I know mm-hmm. it comes from the parents, but they would be horrified. John, I want to thank you. I mean, Pat, I apologize. And I'm deeply sorry about the passing your brother. But what you're telling the American people is very important. We'll be back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Well, remember... Bernie Sanders plays the race card all the time. Remember yesterday we played the audio of him saying, during the debate, we are a racist country from top to bottom. Didn't he say that, Mr. Producer? And we spent time talking about that. Because if you're a Marxist, you have to talk racism. And every other ism there is. But Bernie Sanders says what he means. To a point. He doesn't admit he's a Marxist. He comes up with the nomenclature democratic socialist, which is irreconcilable, those two words. And here he is in New Hampshire last night. Cut nine, go. Now, our campaign is not just about beating Trump. It is about transforming this country. So he's going to transform the country with about 25, 26% of the Democrat vote in New Hampshire? I know I'm an outlier here. He could be the nominee. I'm not making any predictions whatsoever. I'm just not prepared. Like so many Republicans and conservatives and populists and nationalists on TV and radio to anoint him the front runner and the victor. Just have to look at the numbers and put aside your your ego and see what's going on. Maybe he'll run away with it. He's not running away with anything so far. And it's a very, very weak field. There's no question about that. I want you to listen to Donald Trump a little bit today, because I can play the idiots all night long. And here he is, responding to reporter after reporter. Cut four, go. Lisa Murkowski earlier said that you shouldn't have gotten involved with the Roger Stone case. She said it's just bad. Some Republicans have said they hoped you would learn a lesson from impeachment. What lesson did you learn from All right, let's stop. Why is he talking to the president as if he's four years old? And maybe Lisa Murkowski, along with this so-called reporter and the others on TV and radio, can explain to us exactly what did the president do to interfere or direct the attorney general to make the decision he made. When in fact, I'm told the timing doesn't even work out that way. 
doesn't matter. They've got their narrative and they're running with it. Go ahead. That the Democrats are crooked. They've got a lot of crooked things going. That they're vicious. Uh, that uh, they shouldn't have brought impeachment. And that my poll numbers are 10 points higher because of fake news like NBC, which reports the news very inaccurately, probably more inaccurately than CNN, if that's possible. Uh, MSDNC and your MS. Uh, and, and if you take a look at NBC, no, I think they're among the most dishonest reporters of the news. See, they, they don't want him to say things like that. They want him to, you know what, you're right, I shouldn't say these things and so forth. But they're always attacking him in their questions. They're not really questions. Cut five, go. On Roger Stone, yeah. isn't your tweet political interference? So isn't the tweet political interference? Isn't the tweet pol- So they create another phony issue. It's not going to work. Nothing has worked. It's exhausting for the rest of us. There's no issue here. None. Barr did what Barr did, and Barr did what he should have done. There is no issue here. Go ahead. Not at all. He was treated very badly. Nine years recommended by four people that perhaps they were Mueller people. I don't know who they were, prosecutors. And they... uh, I don't know what happened. They all hit the road pretty quickly. Look, you had somebody just recently, you saw what happened. Uh, he got two months. He got sentenced to two months for leaking classified information at the highest level. Who's that? They treated Roger Stone very badly. They treated everybody very badly. And if you look at the Mueller investigation, it was a scam because it was illegally set up. It was set up based on false documentation and false documents. You look at what happened, how many people were hurt. Their lives were destroyed and nothing happened with all the people that did it and launched a scam. Where's Comey? Why, where is Comey? What's happening to me? What's happening to Lisa and uh, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page? What's happening with them? It was a whole setup. It was a disgrace for our country, and everyone knows it, too. Everyone, including NBC, which gives a lot of fake news. And he's right. This is the worst, it's not even close, worst scandal in American governmental and political history. The worst. And look at these reporters. They just keep doing what they do, which is advocating. They're, they're, they're an embarrassment. Cut six, go. Are you considering a pardon? For I don't want to say that yet, but I tell you what, people were hurt viciously and badly by these corrupt people. And I want to thank, if you look at what happened, I want to thank the Justice Department for seeing this, this horrible thing. And I didn't speak to him, by the way, just so you understand. They saw the horribleness of a nine-year sentence for doing nothing. You have murderers and drug addicts. They don't get nine years. Nine years for doing something that nobody even can define what he did. Somebody said he put out a tweet, and the tweet, you based it on that. We have killers. We have murderers all over the place. Nothing happens. And then they put a man in jail and destroy his life, his family, his wife, his children. Nine years in jail, it's a disgrace. In the meantime, Comey walks around making book deals, the people that launched the scam investigation, and what they did is a disgrace. And hopefully it'll be treated fairly, everything else will be treated fairly. He's so right, and notice how they won't even let him finish. They won't even let him finish. No Democrat president has to put up with this crap. What troubles me is some of these Republicans on Capitol Hill 
and some of these commentators on television who are supposed to lean Republican or conservative who immediately jump in and condemn the president because it's the easy thing to do. But they're misstating the facts and they're embracing the allegations of the media and the Democrats. There is not a scintilla of evidence that Trump influenced Barr or that Barr waited to hear from Trump to act. In fact, the evidence is otherwise. Otherwise. That's number one. Number two, the president tweets. How can that be political interference? Ultimately, the judge is going to decide. Not the Department of Justice and not these four pathetic losers who resigned, but three of them are still on the government payroll, by the way. You want to resign, really resign. Give up your pension, give up your health care, and get the hell out. And get the hell out. Don't pretend to fall on your sword. And who the hell cares what these four people suggest? So the judge will ultimately decide, and they know it, but they have to create these phony scandals. That's why Nancy Pelosi moves right into the breach. Schumer moves right into the breach. Stupid comments, stupid people. They still don't get it. Trump supporters are fired up. His base is actually expanding if what's taking place is occurring throughout the country. We take nothing for granted. Nothing. No predictions here. I leave it to other people. But he's exactly right in everything he said. Everything. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Well, we have another wonderful guest, Representative Devin Nunes. How are you, sir? Hey, Mark. How are you? Great to be with you this evening. It's a pleasure. How you been the last few weeks? <laughs> I, I'm doing well. I just, matter of fact, just so you know, I was with the president and I just left. Yeah. So I had, to, I left to come on your show and do this interview. Well, was he mad about that? I don't think so. No, no, right. no. He was fine. He was fine. So, but uh, yeah, well, it's been an uh, interesting week going on. It's, you know, just continues to get a little little well, crazier. Here's little what I crazier. wanted to raise with you. To, to listen to the media, you really don't get the truth. For instance, all day long, they've been saying or implying or insinuating that Donald Trump interfered with a decision about sentencing and that Barr, because Pelosi and Schumer say so, 
is taking his orders. When I'm told, and I can't get into specifics, actually that's not what happened, uh, that they were sandbagged over there at Maine Justice, and Barr stepped in to get it back to where he thought he had the agreement, the arrangement with the U.S. Attorney's Office, and this actually went on before the president tweeted anything. And yet, well, listen to the reporting today. Well, look, all, all you have to do is just use just a little bit of common sense. Seven to nine years? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, what, what the hell is going on? Okay, so you have, you have Papadopoulos, okay, who also got screwed. But the guy got 14 days. I think he was out in 10. Okay, and he was supposedly the guy that started this whole mess. And if you listen to the geniuses at the FBI, they claim it was his fault that they couldn't get to Joseph Mifsud, right? Right. So then you have uh, somebody who's a really bad guy, which was the head of the security for the Senate for intelligence, who was sleeping with a reporter, who gets two months, two months leaked information. Most likely, it was information about the FISA to the reporter that he was sleeping with. And the guy gets two months. So, you How know, much time did Comey get? Arguably, How much time did Comey get for his memos? Comey's still at zero. Huh. Comey's still at zero. Um, you know, look, this is just, it's just wrong. And, and let's not forget the, the overall problem with all of this is Roger Stone should have never been investigated in the first place. Mm-hmm. Now, tell everybody why that's the case. Well, well, it's real simple. In January of 2017, this investigation's already been going on for six months. They know at that time, the DOJ knows that the dossier is, is nonsense. There's not a drip of evidence of Trump <clears throat> with the Russians, okay? And then if you fast forward to February, by, by mid-February, late February, we at the, the, the House Intelligence Committee, Republicans at least, we had everything that our 17 intelligence agencies had. And I said, uh, where the hell's the Russians? What do you got here? Nothing, nothing. And then, of course, Comey plays this trick. They started an obstruction of justice trap when the president fired Comey. They knew there wasn't a damn Russian. And I say this every, you know, I've said it several times, probably said it on your show before, but I think it's worth repeating. Mueller walks in the door and says, okay, guys, where, where's all the Russians? Uh, you know, we don't have any of the Russians talking to Trump. Nothing. They had zero. So there shouldn't have been an investigation in the first place. It was all a scam. And then Roger Stone gets busted for doing what? Lying to the Democrats on the Intelligence Committee. Okay? Which all they were trying to do was entrap him into something. And if you really look at it, I mean, it's hard to even really determine what the lie was. I mean, that's, And then he gets busted for threatening his buddy, and his buddy claims that it wasn't even a threat that Roger Stone does that all the time. I mean, said that to file it with the court. So, so look, I, you know, look, I, I'm not saying that it's not okay to lie to Congress. Okay, Roger Stone is, a, is an interesting cat. Gets himself, to, you know, kind of creates his own problems for himself a lot of times. But nine years? Are you kidding me? It's ridiculous. It's it's sickening. And I'm not even a fan of this guy. And it is sickening. As as soon as that was public. I came on the air, even before Bill Barr did anything, being an old chief of staff to an attorney general, I said, this is outrageous. What they're doing is taking the minimum, and they're just increasing, increasing, increasing it under the uh, sentencing guidelines. And I'll be honest with you, Congressman uh, Nunes, this is a very left-wing judge. 
She is the judge that put Manafort in solitary confinement. She was yep. an Obama appointee, and she has proven herself, in my view, we'll see what she does here, to be extremely partisan. Yep. We shall see. Well, look, Roger Stone, Roger Stone, had he just copped to this, okay? I'm going to give the guy credit for one thing. Is I mean the guy is a fighter. He's a wild man, and a, and you know, and I think and I think really the court and a jury should have realized that. But look, if you're a Republican, the last place you want to be tried is in anywhere near Washington D.C. I mean, you are screwed, and and I mean that's really a breakdown in our judicial system, and in the confidence that we have in juries. Um, I, I just think you know, guy fought. You know, he had a right to fight. If he just would have copped a plea, he probably, you know, probably could have got off with, you know, probation. But, but you know, they wanted to hammer the guy, and, you know, and, and they did. So, look, I give, I give the attorney general a lot of credit for stepping out there with all the fake news and the, and the nasty media narratives that the, the media builds with the Democrats and saying, uh, yeah, we're not doing this. Sorry. I, I give him a lot of credit for standing up to these guys. Yeah, and, be, and, and he's in the right. I can tell you that uh, I, I also hear reports, uh, Congressman, where they say it's very rare for an attorney general to step in in a decision of the U.S. Attorney's Office. Let me explain this to the whole world. Mm-hmm. That's not rare in the least. The U.S. attorneys report to the attorney general of the United States. They work with the criminal division of Maine Justice. They, in controversial cases, they're supposed to coordinate with Maine Justice. The attorney general's in charge, not the U.S. attorneys and not line prosecutors. You don't get to roll in the court, surprise Maine Justice, the, uh, the criminal division, the deputy attorney general, the attorney general, and then when they step in and say, wait a minute, we didn't agree to this, and you resign, and then all of a sudden, Barr's neck is on the line. Look, I know how this city works, but the fact of the matter is Barr did exactly what he should have done. Yeah. And I would, I would bet, Mark, that you and I, it would take us a long time to find someone who lied to Congress that got seven to nine years. I don't even... Wait a minute. I, don't even, I can't even think of the, of the last person that lied to Congress because people lie to Congress all the time and nothing ever happens to them. James Clapper, didn't he do time? Nope. You remember? Uh, James Clapper didn't do time. On the NSA neither stuff? Neither, Brennan? Neither, neither did Comey. No. Nope. Comey? And all three of them have uh, serious questions about past testimony. Uh, That is absolutely for sure. Well, look, it was our committee. We're the one that discovered that Clapper was lying to Mm -hmm. us. And, of course, you know, nothing's been done to him. There really are two levels of justice in Washington, D.C., one for Republicans and one for Democrats. Isn't that true? It's definitely true. And I'll tell you, I just want to reiterate this again. You do not want to be a Republican that gets busted for anything. If you're if you're at all political, you know, or, or you you play a part in politics, or you know, you support Republicans. If you're anywhere near a big city, you might as well just plead guilty because you're done. I mean, these people have become so poisoned by the Democrats that it's it's almost impossible to get away from it. You know, people are you know, worried to wear their MAGA hats, their red hats, because. In big cities now, because you get you, you get attacked by the local population there, it's and it's really and it's incredible. also it's also a, a high concentration of activist district and circuit court judges too in many of these areas. And the thing is, that really should be looked at 
it really should be looked at because Congress creates district courts. Congress creates the circuit courts. The only court it doesn't create is the Supreme Court. And nothing's chiseled in stone. And I'm not talking about packing the courts or anything like that. There needs to be a better model than the model that's being used today, I think. Well, look, I hope that the third branch of government, the judicial branch, can stop all this nonsense. Okay, But so far, they're not doing it. Let me give you an example. The FISA court judges, okay? Yep. Yeah, it's great. They came out, you know, and, and claimed they're going to do something. Well, not exactly true. They knew about this, and they had the classified information. You know how I know that? Because we told the court. Mm-hmm. We gave them, we sent them, we notified them two times, okay? And we never released those letters because we were trying to not be political, not put any pressure on the court, hoping that they would do the right thing. That That is appalling. Congressman Nunes, God bless you. Thank you for all you do and what you've done. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. You know, Sean Hannity and I text during my show, during his show from time to time, and I said, call in, tell me who's on your show, what's going on? Sean Hannity, how are you, buddy? How am I? What's going on? How am I? Fine, thank me. You, I don't know. Uh, Uh, You know something, great one? No. These are insane times in our country, isn't it? Yeah, you're not kidding. You ever think... In this country, we'd have a guy running for president that has a real shot at a nomination of a major party that believes that it's running on a platform. I'm not only going to raise your taxes, but I'm going to lose American jobs. I'm going to max out how much money Americans can make. I'm going to take 90% of your money. We're going to nationalize the energy industry. We're going to have Medicare for all after all that Obamacare thing worked out so well. And people are excited at this type of America. A long time ago, a very smart friend of mine wrote a book, Liberty and Tyranny. You know what it sounds like to me? America on the brink. Mm-hmm. It sounds like America has uh, a big choice to make in 266 days. It sounds to me like it's liberty versus, you know, former socialist-style whatever statism that will destroy the greatest wealth-producing country on Earth. That's what it sounds like to me. What does it sound like to you, Great One? You know, you know what's funny, Sean? In Liberty and Tyranny, I kind of reintroduced the word statism. You know, Aristotle right. would use yeah. it. And, and, I put, and, and my, my editor said, what does statism mean? A state? 
So I said, no, I don't like the word progressive, even though I use it, because otherwise people don't know what I'm talking about. These are statists. They're all about government, the iron fist, bureaucracy, and so forth. Who do you have on tonight, by the way? Oh, well, uh, oh my gosh, I don't even know. Uh, I'm, oh, my buddy Louis Gomert is on for sure. We have you have Dershowitz on. on sure. You have Biggs We're on. We're doing an investigation. By the way, the Department of Justice... There's there's a five-alarm fire going on there, and when we find out what happens, I'm going to bet you something. All these guys, uh, they didn't have to have a pre-dawn raid at Paul Manafort's house and stick a gun in his wife's face. Oh, CNN cameras just happened to be there. Oh, how magically uh, convenient. Uh, Or send frogmen and armed people a pre-dawn raid at Roger uh, Stone's house. You know why they did that, Mark? They did that to intimidate. Oh, no, all they needed to do was say, have your client report at 9 a.m. or we're going to come after you. Sean, what kind of country do we live in when they use police state tactics like that, when they put spies in the Trump campaign, when they lie to a federal court? The federal court, Nunes just told us, and we knew this anyway, knew that the, they were, they were lied to. Years. You were part of this on, in your, on your show. You know I'm part I'm of the about. ensemble. You know what it is? Pre- yeah. Think about this. Hillary Clinton, obstruction, guilty. Obviously, email, subpoenaed, deleted, bleach bit, hammers, uh, espionage act. Then we got a dirty Russian dossier that nobody in the mob and the media cares about. Then we got that dossier that is unverifiable and now debunked. Uh, everyone's warned about it. Premeditated fraud on a court, denying one American his civil rights, and spying on a presidential candidate transition and then deep into a presidency. Let me tell you something, great one. You once said in another book of yours, I'm very smart, I read your books. Thank you this for reading. Post-constitutional America. I am telling you, Mark Levin, I have never felt this worried about my country, ever. This is not a game anymore. They're tr- well, they're destroy- there's a double standard in our justice system. Our Constitution is our foundation of every law we have. Equal justice under the law, equal application under the laws. Uh, they're all missing. And we mm-hmm. better get this right, because... If this, I I shudder to think what happens to this country if if this group of people gets in office. I I want to thank you. Yeah, I know you need to go, so I I know you have to hurry because you have your show. But I want to thank you. Night after night on Fox, day after day on radio, you are a patriot. So are you. You take a lot. No, let's talk about you. You are a patriot. You take a lot of hits. (laughs) It's an exhausting schedule. And I just want to speak for my audience and thank you. And that's why as soon as this show is over, I always turn on your TV show. I want to thank well, you. I love you, too. But I'm going to tell you something, Mark. I never thought I'd live in a country where my private text messages would be released. Did you? No, and they were. I live in, in a your country, case. Mark, where uh, a corrupt special counsel, you know, would, uh, w- would be asking the, blank. About the, the questions that people in the media, journalists, the press, the free press, uh, are having with their sources. I never thought I'd live in that America. Did you? No, but we do. We do. No que- and you know what? It cuts one way. If you're a Trump supporter, a conservative, a Republican, or some combination thereof, you're treated one way. That's if you're right. a liberal, a Democrat, you're treated another way. Let's be honest. Can I say one last thing? And I love, yes. the, I love my Levinite friends. I really do. Thank and- you. We're all, we're all spokes on a wheel here, Mark. We're all on the same team. This is an all-hands-on-deck moment for the country. I'm, I, and I'm, I, I'm, this is not a joke anymore. This is now all-hands-on-deck. 
and I don't care what you – if everybody's contribution is you, you get up and you vote, uh, thank you, because we need you. If you can donate money, I guess, to a candidate, thank you. I hope we get back – I hope Republicans get the House, the Senate, and I hope this president would get a couple of years to actually govern in peace. Imagine what he'd be able to do under those circumstances. No, you're right. Sean, we look forward to watching right, your program well. in 20 minutes. God bless thank you, me. my God friend. bless us all. We will. I want to remind you of something. <clears throat> I'm told 60 or 70 percent of these seats sold out when I announced it yesterday, was it? My first trip, who knows how many more I'll make, to the Philadelphia area, WPHT country, our wonderful, wonderful affiliate there. I grew up in Philadelphia listening to this station when it was called WCAU. And I called in as a kid. Used to call in to Jolie Spivak Jr., among others. Uh, WWDB was another station I listened to. Now I think it's gone Goofy Music or something or other. And Irv Homer and uh, Dominic Quinn. So I'm a Philadelphia boy, proudly so. We're going to have an event, WPHT. Uh, Richie Z, wonderful host there who fills in for us too. Me, at the Broadway Theater of Pittman. Amazingly enough, it's in Pittman, New Jersey. And it's Saturday, March 7th, so it's coming soon. And the event starts at 11 a.m., and it ends at 12.15. And it's very, very modestly priced. Modestly priced to cover the costs. I want to strongly encourage you, if this is something you want to do, something you want to give as a valentine, as a gift, or just do. You need to act quickly, because these seats will sell out. I don't just hawk this stuff. I'm telling you the truth. And I want to be able to see and greet as many of you as I possibly can. Maybe some of my old buddies will show up. You never know. We have it linked on my uh, social sites. Isn't that correct, Mr. Producer? You can go to Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. It's there. You can go to WPHT's website. It's there. Uh, but just a reminder, it's the Theater of Pittman, Saturday, March 7th, 11 a.m. to 12.15 p.m., And I think there's not a lot of seats left, so I hope you'll jump in. And we'll be right back. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. The Virginia State Assembly, you're not going to believe this, Virginia, passed a bill that would require, that that would 
penalized. I think it's one year, up to one year in prison. They're passing things so fast for anybody who owns a weapon like an, uh, like a 15. You believe that, Mr. Producer? An XR-15. Or is in possession of a magazine that holds 15 or more bullets. So if you already own them, and you're caught with them, this is way, way, way out of control. And I'm telling you, this is what happens. These people are running for the exits. And I've been encouraging Second Amendment sanctuary towns, counties, and states for several years now. Now, I have one of those weapons, and I'm not giving it to anybody. I'm just letting the world know this right now. Period. It's where it belongs in my safe. I have several weapons. Not because I need them, because I want them. Well, I need them too, but I want them. Just because some temporary left-wing legislatures, legislators, managed to take over a majority with the backing of a billionaire oligarch like Mike Bloomberg doesn't mean I give up my Bill of Rights. It's not happening. It's not happening. I don't care how many votes they have. This is a republic. It's not a democracy. This is why I explain this all the time. We're republic, not a populist government where people get to vote on our rights. Let's see. Gene, I should say, Jeannie, Reno, Nevada, the great KKOH. Go. Ah, yes, Mark. I just like your take on an observation I made from your caller in the previous hour, the Bernie supporter. Yep. I I was wondering, he seemed to be very proud of the fact that he was a millionaire. So what does he think uh, the United States of Bernie would want to do with his million dollars that he's managed to amass through capitalism? Well, he's too stupid to understand that Bernie Sanders doesn't know who he is and doesn't give a damn about him. He is a statistic. And Bernie Sanders is an ideologue pushing a theory, a very dangerous theory. Bernie Sanders doesn't care about any individual per se. That's the nature of Marxism. That's why people are expendable. It is the project that must, uh, excuse me, that must survive under every any, under any circumstance. So he would just be another meatball in the uh, in the sub sandwich. That's it. All right, Jeannie. Okay, thank you, Mark. Good point. Thank you. Let's continue, Mike. Sunshine, Maryland. I remember Mike because I remember Sunshine, Maryland. The great WMAL. Go. Uh, thanks, Mark. Uh, I'm going to be crossing the Potomac to go to CPAC uh, a couple Fridays from now. I, 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 my wife and I will be there Saturday morning. All right. Well, I'll miss you again. Anyway, uh, Bernie, Bernie Sanders <coughs> seems to like lines, uh, you know, in communist countries. And, and mm-hmm. I told your caller that uh, he doesn't tell you who's at the front of the line. It's a government official or someone controlled by a government official. And, you're, you know, when you get up to the front of the line, uh, you get your stale bread and your moldy potatoes. And you see, I have a sick child at home. Uh, can I have a little more rations this, this uh, week? And, and they're going to say, we control production, therefore we control consumption, and we're sorry, not this week. Make do. And, and, and I guess we're all going to become subjects by through social democracy and voting in that kind of system. Thank you. You only vote once, but you're right. Thank you. Excellent points. Everybody is the same 
in deep, dark poverty. That's pretty much where you wind up. Dave, Berlin, Pennsylvania, XM Satellite, go. How you doing, Mark? Okay. Hey, I just wanted to tell you, uh, these people who believe in Bernie Sanders uh, and all this free college education and that, it's like, it's like, okay, they don't understand that, you know, the buck gets passed to them, too. What good is this great education going to give you whenever you get out and there, if there's any job to be had? Then it's your turn to pay the, the 70 to 90 percent for your for somebody else's college funds, you know. And I can't agree more with the guy that was just on there because these people who are laying around on food stamps, they got it pretty good right now. They can go to Walmart's, they can go to Kate, you know, any of these stores. There's multiple stores to go shop at with your food stamps, but it ain't going to be like that. You're going to have one centralized building that that has the garbage food coming in to make you sick. You stand in a line for probably eight hours, and then they'll send you away because they run out of it, and you're just out of luck. And it's going to – that'll just be – there's nothing to it. And these people should know just by the fact that, you know, that all that means is that he wants you to bring a rock or a stick to a gunfight with them. You know uh, what I mean? You're, you're right in every respect. You'll get your free government cheese if there's any cheese left at the end of the line. You're exactly right. I can't believe people are willing to risk everything. These are people who want freebies, endlessly want freebies. And what winds up is you get nothing except tyranny. Let's keep rolling here. Let us go to Mark, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? Hi, sir. Hey, I'm just wondering if uh, the government's able to give everyone a free higher education. How long is it before they dictate what education you can get? You're exactly right. Isn't that what happens in tyrannies? Even, even now, they pretty much dictate your education. There's very little diversity of thought and intellect in many of these university classrooms. There just is. A lot of it is indoctrination, more and more of it. Especially in the government schools, elementary and secondary, which is really fearsome, worrisome. Thank you for your call, Mark. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. And I'll see you right here tomorrow. God bless, be well, and take care.